Member-supported Jazz 90.1 proudly welcomes you to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites. Call the show now at 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free, 800-790-0415 or soundbites.org. Now, alongside Steve Ray and Dave Enright, here's Nick Francesco on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Good afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the chips in the PC. It is Saturday, the 4th day of March. Anno Domini 2023. I heard somebody else say, say uh, oh yeah, it's the year of our crazy 2023. <laughs> and you, you lucky people, you're listening to Sound Bites. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at six minutes after the hour, we are going to be bringing you news, views, things to choose, nothing to lose, kick off your shoes. Don't get the blues. Here comes the news. Fishing schemes with a PH have been spotted by IT security firm Trend Micro, which is warning billions of iOS and Android users about three scams revolving around fake emails designed to appear as though they are coming from FedEx, DHL, and Apple. Normally we see these uh, around Christmas, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but we're seeing them now as well. Phishing involves sending email or text that impersonates legitimate correspondence from real companies and the goal is to get you to divulge personal information that could be used to steal money from you. This scheme works by preying on your emotions. For example, you might get a fake text from FedEx that claims you won a prize. Huh? Yeah, FedEx giving away prizes. Yeah. Huh? And ask you to click on a link to help schedule delivery date and give <coughs> the delivery firm your address. Who wouldn't want to win a prize? Continuing through the email, you might be asked to leave your name and address and other personal data, and then comes the coup de grace. You are asked for a credit card number, a security code, and an expiration date for, for your credit card to pay Fed to pay FedEx. If it's a prize, why am I paying FedEx? And for delivery. If, yeah. yeah. And if it's a prize, shouldn't it already have your address and information on it already? You would certainly think so. I'm still waiting for Epic Man to deliver my publisher's clearinghouse. That's exactly right. <laughs> Now, you may be suspicious of that one, but what could get an iPhone user so worried they might feel compelled to give out personal information? How about receiving a text from Apple that says your Apple wallet has been hacked into? This bogus info comes via a text that screams Apple Pay was suspended on your device. The text says that your Apple Pay account will work once the wallet is reactivated. A link is helpfully provided. And you're then asked to fill out your address, mobile number, and credit card information. Yeah. Yeah. No. One way to protect yourself from phishing schemes is to look for errors in spelling, punctuation, or grammar, since for many of the scammers, English isn't their first language. Although, yeah. I won't name the company, but I got an email that was rife with spelling and grammar errors. So, as I always do, rather than answer the email, I went to the, I logged into the site itself. And it was legit. They just had, I don't know what. And the bad guys are using more, apparently, grammar checkers because that's that's kind of on a downturn now. You can't go by that anymore for bad or good. Be more cynical. The attackers are trying to get you to react emotionally. No one likes to think that their wireless service, uh, electric service, or cable service has been disconnected. And everybody likes to hear that they have a prize coming. But don't open the doors for these scammers. Be wary of any message that makes you feel that you have to restore an account by giving up personal information. 
it might keep you from getting ripped off. So our poll of the week at soundbites.org, that is bites with a Y, Francis would like us to remind you, is scam email calls are ramping up. Your choices are, I implicitly believe every email or call I get. Nobody would target me. I'm trying to be wary. I'm safe. I'm a curmudgeon. What's email? I don't like any of your choices. So far, we've got 25 votes, and I try to be wary is tied with I'm safe. I'm a curmudgeon. And I I knew that one would be right up there this week. So give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299, toll free. 1-800-790-0415. 1-800-790-0415. And this still throws me back to what I've said right along for years now, a couple of decades. If you have to think about an email, delete it. Right. And if it is, say, from FedEx or uh, one of these other DHL, or you know what? There's still that device that you carry around in your pocket. Yeah. You can actually call and speak to somebody. Wait, hold Whoa. Yeah. I know. You're sitting, so I figure you're safe. Yeah. Wow. But they're making the messages so scary that especially older people are getting caught by it that, you know, don't turn off your computer or all your files will be erased. Oh, my God. I better call the phone number. Right, right, yeah. right. Here's the, here's the thing. The thing you want to do is right now, right now while you're calm and you don't have a, a, a an email or a phone call in front of you, what you want to do is go to your computer and bookmark your bank and all those other places you do business with. Yep. The, your health provider, um, you know, if you do PayPal, uh, uh, bookmark that. And then at some point, when you get one of these things, Log on to the site you know is legitimate. Yeah. yeah. Never click the link in the email. It couldn't no, be fake. No. I often get, you know, uh, your 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 account at such and such a bank is frozen. Click here. Well, uh, A, I don't have an account at that bank. So it's probably... <laughs> that, that's that's a, maybe a good point right there. If it does, but if it's frozen, I don't mind because there's zero in it. Uh, on the other hand, I did get one from my actual bank once. So I went to the website that I had already bookmarked, yep. logged in, no trouble. I got a call the other day from a company that said, hi, we're from such and so, and uh, can you verify? Nope. Click. <laughs> and then I went on the website and I saw that there was an issue. And so I resolved the issue from the website. Yeah. Uh, so one one was completely illegitimate and one was real. But I resolved it without having to deal with what might have been a scam on the phone. So get that stuff uh, uh, bookmarked and use it anytime something like that happens. Um, so rather than rather than trusting some jamoke on, on the other end of an email. And like I said, though, I, I had the same thing happen with me at my back. They, you know, um, sent me an email that they were locking it down because of suspicious. So I did this other thing. Actually called them. Yeah. I said, you guys, 
Yeah, we uh, saw this one thing, Trey, that we just want to make sure it's verified, you know, for the fraud protection unit. I said, yep, no, that's legit. All right, we're just double-checking. We want to thank you. Thank you very much. I said, no, thank you for taking the time, you know, and right. following through. So, you know, it's, you can, especially any of the banks, you can call a bank and talk to an individual. And, again, get those phone numbers in your phone, keep yeah. them, use them. Don't ever click on a link or call a number in an email. Because, yeah, the government isn't going to call you for a tax refund because we're starting to get into that uh, situation. now. The tax returns are coming uh, in and and they're trying to scam folks I've saw where they're uh, trying to say, well, there's a hold up on your tax return. Call this number. And uh, and it's an all around scam just trying to get the people money out of their... Again, the the uh, particularly take a look at the uh, address on the email. Yeah, if it doesn't end in .gov, it ain't real. It's not from the government, right? And if it's not, you know, PayPal dot com, it's not coming from PayPal. Right, claiming there's a problem. Right. What's What's almost a little sad is I did a Google search for phishing on the rise. Going back years, phishing oh. is on the rise. Attacks well, yeah. are getting more sophist- sophisticated. Phishing attacks. Why the rise in t- <laughs> years and years and years? So COVID increasing phishing attacks. Yep, yep. It's it. Look, they just want your money. Yep. Any excuse they can find, anything big in the news. Yep. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll try to fish you for that. Yep. All right. To the phones. Our first caller is Brian from Walworth, New York. Hi, Brian. What's up? Hi there. I got a question very much related to what you're already talking about. Excellent. All the major antivirus companies, Norton, McAfee, Vast, all those places offer antivirus packages, but then they also offer a whole host of other things that they want to charge you for. Yeah. I can take the discussion off. I can let you guys discuss it with me off the phone, but I just like your thoughts on other than a basic virus package, what are the pros and cons, if any, of these other add-ons, I mean VPN and and uh, uh, software updaters for your like your drivers, and there's just, it's a whole raft of other things they'd be more than happy to charge you for. You're right, right, right. Um, yeah, that's an excellent uh, that's an excellent question, Brian. Okay, so here's here's the first thing. Um, let's talk VPNs. I'm not a fan. They're mm-hmm. overly hyped. They're way oh, yes. overly hyped. They. They basically they do not protect you on the internet. Right. Mm-mm. They just move who sees where you are from your ISP to the VPN provider. Right. If you've created your own VPN, which you can do, and I'm sure somebody's going to call and say, "I made my own VPN." If you've made your own VPN, great. But if you did not make your own VPN, <coughs> then there's still somebody out there who can see where you go and see all the stuff that you send. If you so need, who do you trust? If you need to log into your work while you're at home, then you have a VPN. They have a VPN yeah. that, that puts you essentially on their network. Yeah. Yes. That's the point of a VPN. Any other VPN is just moving the goalpost. And most VPNs are slow. Any site that you that you log that you go to that has HTTPS or the little lock on the screen is already encrypted. Yep. Encrypting it again isn't going to do very much. And most of the browsers, most of the browsers now have reversed it. They warn you when it's not encrypted, right. because every every page pretty much is encrypted these days. Right, mm-hmm. you get the little "this site is not okay. secure" page. Yeah. So uh, VPNs, 
again, if it, as Steve said, if it's your business that has a VPN, yes, absolutely use that. The one Beyond thing, that, not so much. Yeah. The one thing it does let you do, and the legality of which is in question, right? Is uh, you can you can turn your VPN on, say you're in England, and uh, watch uh, BBC. Right, right, right. Without paying a license, so you're violating two laws there. <laughs> right, right. International. <laughs> but in talking about legitimate reasons to yes. use them, there aren't very many. Um, now let's talk a little bit about uh, spam and things like that. It, it depends on who your email provider is. Google does, I have to say, an amazing job catching spam. Um, I, I very rarely get spam in any of my Gmail-based addresses. Um, some others I get spam 50 times a day. Uh, but, you know, that, so that, in, in that case, uh, I would say it depends on who your provider is as to whether you, not, you need that kind of spam protection. And the way they do spam protection is they read all your mail first. To right. see if there's anything oh, they think or spam is in it. So now you have to trust them to mm-hmm. read all your mail. Well, and, yeah. and they're not a human reading it. Yeah. It's, it's a machine. But they could. They could, yeah. but they could. Um, now let's talk about um, uh, protection on uh, websites and things like that. Um, it's important, I think, to have protection on websites because there's so many drive-by uh, virus downloads. Mm-hmm. The problem with having Norton or somebody else do it and you pay them, is that there are an amazing number of free ones that are as good, if not better. And most of the browsers do it for you. And mm-hmm. most of the browsers do it for you. I use a program called uBlock Origin, which um, uh, it's, it's amazing uh, what it blocks. I am currently on a website that is blocking 891 things. I don't know what those things are. But it's doing it. But there's 891 of them that are no longer bothering me. Um, so yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not a huge fan of that. As for drivers and stuff like that, um, it depends on the machine you own. So for example, well, okay. So (laughs) first, um, taking that need to go and look for drivers out of the hands of lazy people is a good thing. So I get that. Uh, but you can do it for free. By regularly going to, if you have a Dell or an HP or one of those uh, uh, name brand things, you can generally go to their website, put in your serial number or your service tag number or whatever, and it will tell you what drivers are available. And they pretty often have programs that come pre-installed on those name brand PCs that do that for you. Right. And many of them um, hand it off to, to Windows Update. Right. So you don't need to, to, to do that anyway because Windows Update is already doing it. Right. Um, so, in in general, um, most of that stuff I don't bother with. Uh, in a couple of instances, it's it's it makes it more convenient for you, and if you're willing to pay for that, that's your choice. But in general, it is not none of that stuff is something you need to pay for. And then and then one of the other thing, especially from Norton, is since they've partnered with LifeLock, they're they're doing these services where where you get LifeLock and Norton where they claim to search the dark web for your information. Right. Well, it's already there. You just assume that. Yeah. You don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, in fact, the the, the... the answer that comes back is never, no, it's yeah. not there. Yeah. yeah. 
and and the CEO of LifeLock has gotten in trouble many times over the years. Yeah. Um, for for over touting his services, and he'll give his social security number on on his commercials. It must be safe. No, he's been hacked hundreds of times. Hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Greaser One says uh, in the, in our chat, by the way, uh, our soundbites chat. You can see the link right on our homepage. Um, uh, says VPNs allow you to search for products on Amazon, and then you don't get bombarded with ads for those items later on. That's true. It's a very point. narrow use case. Uh, I'm not sure I would pay well, that's, for. That's not what. That's not handled by a VPN. That's a cookie on your browser. Right. That's just a cookie on your browser. So yeah. you. you it, so uBlock would stop that. uBlock stops much of that. Uh, there are. There's a program. For example, there's something. I think it's called Facebook Fence. I mm-hmm. think. Uh, that. that does the same thing. Uh, again, it's free. Um, so again, I'm not entirely sure what a VPN gives me that I can't get for free. Um, and just as secure. Uh, again, unless it's your business that has a VPN, and then it's still free to you. So again, I'm not sure what a VPN gives you that you don't get for free. A false sense of security. A false sense of security. Um, yes. And that's that's pretty much it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a. And and also, so and a lot of the antivirus companies will also include any malware programs. What we have often found is that the same comp, same program, same company looking for two different things doesn't always work as well. So having you know a vast for antivirus and having malware bytes for anti malware often works better, right? Than having one program trying to do both, right? Yeah. It's it's like getting a second opinion. Yeah, um, and for us that's a much better that's a much better deal. So um, for my personal money, uh, I think you should absolutely be using an antivirus program. I think you should be using an anti malware program. Uh, and if you want to pay for that, that's great. Uh, that's great. I pay for my free one. I would say in that token, though, yes, antivirus. And then I'd use super anti-spyware and mm. malware bytes. Yes, yes. Because yes. both of them, one can't do it all. One goes wide, one goes deep. Right. So you need all three on your machine running to uh, keep yourself safe for the time being. And, and they're usually right. doing great job of updating periodically you know with new definition files and everything else as stuff keeps rolling out because that's a daily task just in itself right and you don't necessarily need to to uh to uh use the pay versions the free versions are often enough you run them when you think there's a trouble but if you can go ahead and pay for it because then that keeps the development going yeah, we always suggest you pay for And some software. of it's automated. You know, it'll do the... Uh, if you pay for it, right. you can yeah. automate it. And it can you know. do it automatically for you in the right. background. Right. And and yes, there is obviously value in having the computer take away human error or human forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I get that absolutely. But in general, most of that stuff is just... You can, if you want to spend the money, God bless you. If you don't, there are ways to do it without spending the money. Is that clear? Yes. Okay. Good. And I've got sort of a related question that you that what you just said. I'm retired now. I don't work. Don't work. I don't have like a VPN through a company anymore. I'm retired. I'm also I consider myself sort of low profile. 
mean, I certainly search for things on the Internet that I, I'm interested in, and I buy things through Amazon and stuff like that. But am I in, to, the, to the malware and spyware people still look for people like me? Absolutely. Or, Mm-hmm. Okay. They look. They, they don't look for anyone specifically. They look yeah, for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Any computer. They're yeah. bots, and they yeah. just go through everybody they can find. They don't care. Yeah, if if you've, you've got four dollars in your checking account, they want four dollars. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. And so, and that's what makes a lot of this um, spam so insidious is that they make it scary or they make it simple. It used to be, you know, we're all we're all trying to be polite. So you get a message about a a, um, a shipment that didn't work right. You're going to call them and tell them that wasn't me. I didn't order anything because you, right. you're trying to be nice. No, they 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 know you didn't order anything. They're trying to steal your information. Right. I just I, I used to I used to respond to some of those things. I still get you know um, because I I work with a startup company. I get a lot a lot of LinkedIn messages. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we got a couple minutes. We can do that. Uh, absolutely. Um, our next caller is Jerry from New Orleans. How are hey, things down in right? New Orleans? Nolans. Nolans. They are warm and sunny. Excellent. I hate you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I hear you have sunshine in Rochester, New York. You get a rash in about two or three days a month. Listen, mister, we get uh, 56 days of sh- sunshine a year officially. 56 that days. Three days a month. Yep. Okay. That's yeah. right. That information was right. Yeah. No, Rochester summer is determined by th- uh, three days of bad ice fishing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> basically. So what's up, Jerry? Well, speaking of fishing, yeah. um, every so often I get fishing emails and, and things like that. And I have decided to be a little bit proactive about it. So I'll click on the link. And when they ask for the personal information, I fill in the details from the local FBI office. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's a good one. That's a great idea, Jerry. I figure it's interstate commerce and wire fraud, so yeah. you know, the FBI is the right guy to get to it. That's that's very clever. You could eat, do your local sheriff's office. Yeah. But but Jerry's right, it's interstate commerce, that's yeah. FBI. Yeah, that no, that's a great idea, Jerry. Nice. Okay. Yeah, the reason for my call, actually, was to talk about uh, the DuckDuckGo Privacy Essentials Suite. Now, I know that that uh, uh, you folks have, are, are kind of the, the, the experts in, in computer security and, and things like that, and I wonder what your opinion of their particular set of products is as, as browser add-ons. Um, yeah, that's a very good question. I promoted um, one. Uh, yeah, I I use some of the DuckDuckGo stuff. So one of the things you can do is you can get an email address at duck.com. And uh, it, it strips out trackers and things like that for you before it sends the email on to you. Um, it's really pretty cool. And I use that a lot. Um, uh, as far as the uh, uh, privacy essentials go... Uh, it's gotten some awfully good reviews from people, um, and and, and uh, uh, I, I I don't use much of it myself because I'm I have other things I use, but I've heard I've heard some good things about it. It's available for Safari and uh, Chrome and 
uh, Firefox. Listen, stay on the line. We got to take a break. Uh, stay on the line. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, Jerry from Nolans, and you. It is 29 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the longest running computer show in the known universe. Sound bites right here on member supported Jazz 90.1. See you on the other side. Online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at soundbites.org. More with Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray next on member supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 35 minutes after the hour, we're still talking to Jerry from Nolens. Are you wearing your beads, Jerry? Uh, uh, no, no beads this time. <laughs> Although I was, I was thinking, as, as, since your program is kind of positioned between uh, the polka bandstand and the German hour, you know, maybe you should try running the, the program in Estonian sometime. There you go. That would work for me if I spoke Estonian, which I do not. So let's talk a little bit about DuckDuckGo. Uh, I, I'm I'm an American. We don't speak foreign languages. We just shout until you get it. Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about DuckDuckGo uh, privacy essentials. So here are some of the things that that it does. Um, it changes your default browser to DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo is is actually a very good browser. You you um, uh, it, it it does it blocks trackers until you go to the website. Right once you go to that website. All bets are off, but it blocks the fact that you search something for there. So then you use uBlock Origin to block the trackers on the website. That's exactly right. Um, uh, and uh, um, most hidden trackers are stopped by it, um, so that's nice. Um, it does enforce encryption on sites uh, to use HTTPS, but most sites do that anyway now. Uh, or or your browser warns you that it can't. So, um, eh, but okay. Um, email protection. We already talked about having a duck address at duck.com. So, you know, something at duck.com if, if you had like Jerry at duck.com. When you got an email, what it will do is you have to give it a, a different email address when you sign up. And what it does is it strips out any trackers from that email. And then passes the email to your real email address. And then you, when you reply, the reply goes through DuckDuckGo again uh, before it's sent out. So that's all, that's all nice stuff. Um, but uh, So that's nice. Um, and uh, one of the other things that it does is, is prevent fingerprinting. Um, there's a lot of information that... Uh, any website can gather about y- your system, and that creates a fingerprint, a unique ID that is you, and it blocks all those things. And, of course, it blocks tracking cookies, which a lot of things do as well. Um, uh, however, uh, there are things it does that a lot of other browsers don't do. Um, so, uh, for example, link tracking. Um uh, often enough, uh, a website will will uh, track where you click to, and this prevents some of that. Um, uh, you can see that a lot if you do a Google search. Yeah. The link you click to go where you think you're going 
take a look at that link, and it, it, Google is in the link first. Right. So Google is tracking that you click this link to go to that result. Right. I can imagine they're doing that to see how good their search results are. Right. If you click on the 15th result down, that means they weren't very good. Right. But it does mean that Google can track wherever you're going. Right. DuckDuckGo um, says they don't do that. Right. And uh, embed, um, uh, there's social content tracking, right? So every website on the stinking planet has a Facebook link. And that link tracks that you went there. So Facebook knows you went there. Yep. Well, the... Uh, protection, the, the DuckDuckGo privacy essentials protection uh, blocks that. Uh, um, uh, Google has a thing called AMP, which I forget what that means and it's not important. But um, um, it, it means that Google redirects some stuff and this prevents that from happening. Um, and you can, you can set some other things uh, like GDPR requirements, stuff like that. But um, so, it, you know, it certainly does give you um, a level of privacy that is missing from, well, every other browser, um, uh, from every browser. So if you add it to Safari or Firefox or Chrome, you're more protected. Notice I didn't say protected, but it, at the very least, more protected. Is that clear? Yeah, so... Uh, yep, I, I understand. Now, the, the challenge that we have, and I'll, I'll tell you a story. I, I, I do IT support for some of my elderly neighbors. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when I put DuckDuckGo on uh, at Privacy Essentials on their browsers, uh, a couple of days later I get a phone call. Oh, I can't connect with my airline because, you know, it, 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 it blocks all the pop-ups or whatever the airline wants to use during the booking process. Right. So you, so I had to tell them how to turn it off in order to book their airline tickets from New Orleans to Tallahassee or wherever. Right. Well, um, well, that's and so, that's. So, go ahead. I was I was going to say so so being reasonably well protected and and, and privacy uh, reinforced sometimes has its downsides uh, depending on. Who you're, you're trying to do business with. And that's, one, and that's one thing that uBlock and Ghostery have is that um, there's a pause button or allow this site for now button so that you click that and then the site can get to where it needs to go. Right. So there, there was a problem at one point with, um, uh, I think it was Ghostery that was blocking uh, JavaScripts. That some sites were quite like the yeah. IRS required it at one point. You you couldn't you couldn't log on to the to the IRS site without uh, the JavaScript. Well, so they they had to change their thing to say if you want to pause Ghostery mm-hmm. uh, for this site, you can now do that. And that, and that's the tough thing is 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 detecting a malicious JavaScript from a real JavaScript. Right, right, right. So it, it that that then places the onus on you. But if you decide to trust the IRS, I'm not going there. Yeah. If you decide to trust the IRS, you can turn off uh, Ghostery or, or uBlock Origin or any of those um, for that site. Um, so yeah, Sometimes you have to download a tax form. <laughs> right, yeah. sometimes you do, and that's just the way that works. Um, so, yeah, you can, and you can make it a temporary uh, turn off as well. You know, so turn it off now, and then you turn it right back on again, and who cares? Mm-hmm. So. 
Um, but yeah, it, in general, I would say that that um, the DuckDuckGo privacy essentials is as good as other things, and in some ways, better. So if if that's a thing you want to use, I'm certainly not going to say no. And that you can say is a, a professional opinion? As professional as we get, yeah. <laughs> We're volunteers. We don't get paid. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> okay, I, I have one other question, and, and then, I'll, then I'll hang up and let you guys talk about it. Um, what is the general vulnerability of, of Macs and, and Windows 10 and Windows 11 machines to what they call drive-by downloads? You know, I, I kind of thought that you know, a virus or, or some kind of infection like that Really requiring somebody to click a link, or or you have to hand your computer to you know a, a bad actor, like you're going into a foreign country or something like that, and they want to do a uh, an in, an incoming CPU inspection. So, yeah, not so much anymore. Uh, so, displaying. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to get your views on 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 uh, risks about drive-by downloads. Yeah, displaying an ad on a website can execute code mm-hmm. because it's it's a website. Basically, it's a website in a website. So a malicious ad can download things to your computer, or just swiping, uh, moving the mouse around can have background code that if you hit right. a spot that yep. you didn't actually see anything, yeah. could all of a sudden do a, a backdoor, you know, trigger to start downloading something. Now both Windows and Mac are better now than they used to be about running, automatically installing things you download. Right. Because people used to not know how to do that. Mm-hmm. But now they'll the warn you, you downloaded this file, um, do, is it okay to install? Or Windows, do you have to elevate your your um, privilege? And the Mac, you're always an admin, and I wish they'd fix that. Um, so it, it makes it harder to install those drive-by downloads. Uh, but they get downloaded quite frequently just by displaying an ad on a website. So a lot of people run an ad blocker, but then most websites won't run if you have an ad blocker on because that's where they make their money. Mm-hmm. So having something like uBlock or Origin that blocks the um, uh, uh, tracking stuff and blocks it can block the automatic downloading of stuff, that will help um, uh, uh, stop that. And the other big threat these days is the fake virus warnings and fake tech support warnings. Uh, that pop up and say you're you're infected. You know, there'll be warning sirens and klaxons. There'll be a voice saying you're infected. You're infected. Call this phone number uh, to scare people into calling the phone number. And that doesn't matter what OS you're on. Right. In fact, it usually lies. Nick was on his Chromebook once, and he got a Windows virus infection warning and call Microsoft. Yeah, right. And it gave me a number that was very helpful. Yeah, yeah. right here in the studio. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, generally speaking. Um, Everybody is vulnerable to drive-by downloads unless they are using something like uBlock Origin or DuckDuckGo Privacy Essentials or one of those uh, that blocks that kind of stuff. And Safari on every download says, are you sure you want to let this site download things? Right. And so if it's a site, if you, if you weren't expecting to download something, don't. Right, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, generally, uh, most... Look, every website has the ability to show ads, and that's how most of them make their money. Some of those ads are unscrupulous or um, placed by bad actors, and and those can download stuff to your machine if you're not wary or running something that blocks them. And the ad network is mostly automated. There's millions of ads every minute. And so a company writes an ad, puts it into the network, 
websites subscribe to, to ad generating networks like DoubleClick from Google right. um, uh, to, to display ads. And and no one can monitor you know millions of ads a minute, so everything is so automated. Um, uh, website authors are are always trying to scan for for malicious ads and remove them. So if you get a malicious ad on a website, congratulations, you're first. You're right. <laughs> and the other thing, though, you got to be wary of is when you're downloading stuff. Quite often, they bundle other stuff with it. So you could be installing this one program, and people falsely think, well, they because they might have tacked on three other items that they want to install on your machine because they're getting money from yeah. you know these other providers to include it in their bundle. You want to install this toolbar? You yeah. want to install this toolbar? Yeah. And they add this stuff in. You can decline to install that and only install the basic product. And you're okay. And, and they're usually checked on by default that you do want to install it. Yeah. And right. people just get click happy. Boom, 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 boom. And then all of a sudden they got all this other garbage in there and they only wanted this one program, but they've got now three other features, as they think they are, uh, installed that you really don't want nor uh, need. So no, you got to be, do your homework and take time, see what's on the screen and, you know, Install it uh, carefully. Okay. All right. Super, guys. I, I appreciate the uh, uh, the computer science 102 behind web design and, and the economics 300 course that you just taught. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> how web companies make money. Thank you. Right, Send us money. Thank you very much. I, I have to go put my swimsuit back on. There you go. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you like just, you wouldn't hey, believe. Jerry, just remember us because we got a pledge drive coming up soon. Right to call in and pledge. I'm a member, but thank you. Uh, they, hey, that's what we, we like appreciate. To hear. That's what we like hearing, my friend. Thank you very much. All right, have a good afternoon. You Bye. too. Bye. -bye. Uh, Jack asked, "How does DuckDuckGo make money?" Well, they sell products. There are products that they sell. Um, they also give away a lot of stuff, and they they are uh, they have corporate sponsors and things like that uh, that don't that are that are you know they're charitable donation kind of places so uh that works okay we also had a uh um oh you should mention though some folks might not know it because you just did it last week as far as changing the chat room oh yeah the chat room there's a we have a uh an online and that's good because we got a question from ken in the chat um good segue we, good segue we we have a new chat if you go to our homepage soundbites.org the first uh um Link under um, some important links is uh, the Soundbites chat, which is only live during the show. And uh, um, you can click on that and join in our link. We we had many, many multiple places where you could chat, and we just can't keep up anymore. No. And the heck with it. We're just not going to bother uh, right now. And it doesn't drive any traffic to our website. And it doesn't drive any traffic to our website. But the the, the thing here is that what we're what – we're, looking to do is make our lives easier quite frankly uh so if you want to uh join in the chat uh, we don't look at the youtube chat we don't look at the facebook chat we don't look at the twitch chat we don't look at any other chat we look at the chat at soundbites.org slash chat pretty simple soundbites.org slash chat and to that end although generally speaking we don't um we don't answer questions in the chat. That's not what it's for. But we do have a question from Ken, 
which says, what do you think of installing Windows 11 on an unsupported PC, provided it is not my main PC? If it is not your main PC, we don't, we don't have a problem with you doing anything to it. Um, the, the, the fact is that if it, that Windows 11 does uh, install just fine mm-hmm. on um, many unsupported PCs, and that's not all unsupported. And depending the, on how the, old it is. And the support list keeps growing, too. And, and right. the, the very first announcements of Windows 11, it said you're going to require a TPM and, and you know, a, a 10th generation chip. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Well, but, the, what I would recommend to him, since this sounds like it's not his main computer. Right. And he's saying it's an unsupported one. Try XUbuntu. Sure. I mean, you can make it look like Windows. Right. It's got all the same features. And once you install it, you know, you can even dual boot whether you want it to go into Windows or XUbuntu. Right. But uh, I'd say go there first. Learn a new operating system. So if you want to slowly, like I'm doing, wean yourself off of Windows, you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. The, the big issue with an unsupported computer is will you find drivers for your devices? Right. Your sound card, your Ethernet card, your Wi-Fi. You know, Ethernet's not that common anymore, is it? Right, not so much. <laughs> yeah, your but... Wi-Fi card, things like that. And and does that company that made that card have a Windows 11 driver for it? And they may not. Right. So here's the thing. If the reason you're putting Windows 11 on your, on that machine is to play with Windows 11, um then yeah, absolutely go for it, but be aware that it may not work. Uh, certainly if it is not your main PC and you're uh, willing to downgrade back to 10 or whatever whatever it takes, uh, you've got a couple of days, I think, to do that still. Um, that's fine. Or if you then want to turn it into a Linux machine or, or a Chrome OS Flex machine or whatever, whatever. Um, but yeah, if it, unsupported is one thing. How old it is is something else. Mm-hmm. If it's more than, say, five years old, mm. you're not going to have a great experience of Windows 11. Especially no if matter what, that chip no matter what. Yeah, no matter what. So, um, qu- it, yeah, you want a quad i5 with uh, yeah. 8 gigs of RAM minimum. 16 is better. 16 is better. Uh, so, y- y- you know, the, the bald fact of can you doesn't necessarily mean you should. So take a close yeah. look at your specs. Take a close look at your needs. Before you decide to do that. But uh, um, again, if it's a machine that you're not normally using anyway and you want to play with it, try it. Go for In it. the spirit of adventure, we say go for it. Especially if it's not as primary, play around. Sure. Uh, if you don't like Windows 11, then go with uh, some form of Linux. Uh, we both prefer Xubuntu, but uh, yeah. um, there are, you know, Linux Mint is, uh, people say, is the easiest version to learn. Uh, there's, you know, PCOS and a, a bunch of others. So uh, look around and, and play, and you can uh, find something you'll enjoy. There's Chrome OS Flex, which essentially turns it into a Chromebook. Um, uh, and again, that's that's very useful for a lot of a lot of things. Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna hear from the people who are programmers and uh, photographers. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't use that. Okay, you yeah. can't use it. I, nobody said you could. Remain calm. Um, mm-hmm. But that's that's just the way that goes. So it's a it's a choice you, you that you can make, um, and uh, and that's how that works. And yeah, the digger digger asked, well, uh, where do you vote on the homepage? And it's at ninety jazz nine oh uh, no, uh, voting on the homepage for today's poll is at soundbites.org. That's bites with a Y, 
Um, Francis would like Francis would like to remind you. <laughs> and uh, people keep asking you, Francis. You is. should get registered bites with an I too. With, with that's a, already a company in England that makes uh, something. I oh, there's, what. there's no page there. Oh no. It yeah. used to be there. Oh well, maybe I will then. And that, well, and put up a big sign that says, um, "Or just do a redirect." Oh, it's a Parker. A Parker has it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, well, you no, know, you put up a big sign saying that's bites with a Y, friend, and Francis. signed to Francis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Francis has appeared. Click here to correct your mistake. Yeah. 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 Area code three three nine is the Parker. I don't know where that is, but yeah. you'll, you'll you'll look that up in a moment. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and then Fred says, uh, "Would you share information on adding uBlock to Samsung, um, Samsung Android devices?" Um, you can add uBlock Origin to pretty much any device. Uh, you go to the um, uh, uh, Play Store, um, and uh, in the Play Store, you go to Apps, and you, uh, if if it's available, where's my search bar? There it is. Uh, just add, look, search for uBlock. Hello. I don't see uBlock itself, but I see other ones. AdBlock, Ghostery. Is available. I think uBlock might only be available for um, um, desktop browsers. Oh, that's possible. There are others. Um, Ghostery is very good. Um, actually, very good. Uh, so uh, maybe you want to take a look at Ghostery instead. Um, so that's that's an alternate choice. Uh, it does much the same thing. As uBlock Origin. Uh, quite frankly, it's, I just You get use, a little ghost icon instead of a U. Exactly. <laughs> um, the, the, the reason I use uBlock Origin is because that's the one I found first. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both very good. Very good. There's, you know, there's no magic here. There's no actual science here. No smoke Except the science, I suppose, of chronology. I found uBlock Origin first, started using and liked it. Uh, Ghostery does much the same thing and does it very nicely. So... Uh, Ubuck Origin actually has a, a shield, a red shield that I think you be in it. You use something, I don't remember. It's right there in front of me. I still can't see it. Um, but that's, that's uh, um, in general, either one is very good. And if Ghostry is available for your phone. Now, the real question becomes, which Samsung phone? If you've got one of the very low-end Samsung phones, it's going to be a problem. Uh, in terms of the power of the phone, uh, if you're if you're talking about a higher end Samsung phone, not a problem. But you really have to you have to think carefully about what phone you have, um, uh, and that's not just Samsung. That's that's anybody. There are lots of fairly low end phones that were great for people until you start loading them up with stuff. Also, Samsung phones come with an amazing amount of bloatware. That you cannot get rid of. So how much actual space do you have left for apps is a real question. If you've, again, got a lower-end phone with less RAM, less storage, uh, it may be fairly full at this point. Um, I really like Samsung's hardware. I detest their software. I detest it. 
I hate it with the heat of a thousand white hot suns, as they say. Uh, I just am not a fan. Shockingly enough. All right. That music, that music right there tells us that you have wasted an entire hour of your life with this nonsense. But (laughs) we know you're a slow learner. And so there's a whole nother hour of the longest running computer show in the known universe coming your way. That's right. A whole nother hour of Dave Enright, a whole nother hour of Steve Ray, a whole nother hour of Nick Francesco, and a whole nother hour of you. You can give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299 or toll free at 800-790-0415. And we'll be, uh, we'll be monitoring the soundbite chat and we'll be taking your calls and we'll be reading the news and we'll be talking about computer stuff and it's just going to be fun. You're listening to Soundbites on the truly great and truly grateful to you that we are member-supported Jazz 90.1. Take a bio break. We'll see you on the other side. It's America's longest-running computer show. Back to more Soundbites with Nick, Dave, and Steve. Next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. WGMC Greece, Rochester. A public service of the Greece Central School District. Jazz 90.1. On Twitter at 901Jazz. Welcome back to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites, on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Get online now. Call 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free 800-790-0415. Or submit your question by email at soundbites.org. Once again, here's Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at five minutes after the hour, we are hurtling headlong into the second hour of the longest-running computer show in the known universe, uh, Soundbites, right here on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Um, uh, answering uh, Fred again. Uh, is it Fred? Uh, yeah. AG, A32-5G. I'm assuming that's the Samsung phone you have. I don't know their numbers. If it didn't cost you much, it may have a problem running it. If it cost you a lot, it probably won't have a problem running it. If it's running basic Android, you should be okay. If it's running their weird OS, uh, probably not. Could have. Well, there's that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, listen, we've we've no guarantees. We've said this many times. The big dog has to be the last one to mark the tree. So when Google creates a version of Android, they put it on Pixel phones. You're done. It's stock Android. It works right every day. When they send it to another company, those companies add software to it. They make changes to the UI. Sometimes they make changes at the back end. And then they send it out to you. So, A, you get things later. And, B, sometimes they don't work the same way or as well or at all. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, particularly on a Samsung phone, by default, you get Samsung's messaging system, you get Samsung's photo things, you get Samsung's uh, browser, you get Samsung's everything, and uh, um, you don't have some of the synergy. For example, I have uh, messages on the web, which is a free service from Google. I can log in to my browser on my desktop and see my text messages. 
So if I if I'm working away and I get a text message, I don't have to go find my phone and answer it. I just switch over to that tab. Of many, <laughs> not of many, but to that tab, and That's I can what he says, I can folks to it don't believe him. <laughs> and I can answer it um, mm-hmm. uh, right there on the thing that I, as near as I know, uh, back in the day when I had a Samsung phone, that did not exist for that. Uh, yeah. So there's just there's just features that you either don't get. Or are different, and and um, that you know, Samsung doesn't make money if you use Google stuff. Google makes that money, so they want you to use their stuff, so they make the money. It's the same thing with uh, um, Bixby. It's called Bixby, uh, which is their assistant. Well, okay, uh, if you would rather use their assistant than Google's, that's fine. You can choose what you want, but do not confuse the two. Uh, Bixby isn't Google Assistant and vice versa. That's yeah, the Google's one thing that threw me, though, sorry, uh, was when I got my very first Pixel phone, turned it on, you know, and the girl showed it to me. And she goes, there you go. And I go, there's nothing here. Yeah. Yeah. She goes, yeah, you get to put whatever you want on it. Yep. I go, seriously? Yep. She goes, yeah, it's a Google base, so you know you've got you can put your Gmail account on here, and your way you go. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Not all that bloatware, right? See, Google is the only company that doesn't anthropomorphize their assistant, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, we've got the B word and the S word and the A word, and <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> and uh, and and just Google Assistant. Uh, and you use the and, the actual and, name well, Google. And the, well, the, well, I guess we can say Cortana now because Microsoft abandoned her. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's been abandoned. Didn't help Halo much. Didn't help uh, Microsoft either. Yeah. So. Just another typical reason, like I've said before, with so many other things with Microsoft. Yeah. They roll them out, and, and then, then roll they them away. Yep. Throw them away. Exactly right. Uh, you see that on Microsoft Windows as well, because you know. Microsoft's not making enough money off of you, so they've added Candy Crunch or whatever that's called, and, and all those know, games, a bunch of games, and a bunch of utilities, and a bunch of other stuff. Those companies pay Microsoft to be on those pages, so that everybody gets that game or gets that utility. That is one cool thing about. Uh, I'm going to put a shameless plug in here for Revo Uninstaller, the paid version. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's ridiculously cheap for, you know, a two-year subscription. But with the advantage of this, like we said, you know, you pay for something, you usually wind up getting more features. Well, in this case, if you get a new computer and you put that on, like Nick was saying, you get all this bloatware on there. Well, with Revo Uninstaller, the paid version, you can go down that list of all the Windows stuff installed and select it and then hit the uninstall. It will go through and get rid of every program that you clicked that was put on there for bloatware. So you don't have to go through the Windows uninstaller for each one individually. No, you can make this whole list, hit one button, and it gets rid of them all. Right. My, one of my favorite things is I, I get email from a friend regularly, and at the bottom of the email, it's, it, there's an obviously thing that's been added that says uh, such and so program has checked this. For mm-hmm. viruses and add-ons and blah, blah, blah. None of them are there. There are no ads in this email. Oh, excuse me. That's an ad. That, no, I, that's information. 
<laughs> oh, I see. As opposed to an ad. I get it. Yeah. I, yeah. Thank you for that distinction. Without a difference. Yep. All right. Um, wait, did I just uh, delete something? Nope. Undo, undo, undo. Oh, that's exactly right. Control Z is your friend, people. Yeah. Um, uh, back to the phones. Our next caller is Walter from Greece, New York. Hi, Walter. What's up? <laughs> Uh, hello there, Nick, Steve, and Dave. How are you? Uh, not bad, thank you, thank you. The uh, reason I'm calling is that I can recall many, not in the not far distant past, Spectrum Charter was lambasted by the state for failing to provide Internet service out into remote uh, rural areas, etc. Right. And now we're seeing on the TV loads of these T-Mobile 5G home Internet ads. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's going to be the... A panacea, the, the, the cure that uh, Spectrum could not provide? In uh, some cases, yes. Now, for example, uh, my sister and brother-in-law, sister-in-law and brother-in-law, uh, live in a, on a horse farm in upper Arizona. Uh-huh. They don't, there's no lines, there's no phone there's no lines of any sort running anywhere near her place uh so they have obviously their cell phones yeah and they have um i, I don't remember who's uh the, but one of the phone companies has an an internet device where you buy internet from it ain't cheap but well, not microcell or nanocell yeah it's a nanocell of some sort that also that runs their their um uh internet as well yeah so uh, in rural areas, um, uh, Google had that balloon thing for a while. What they call it, loon or probably loon? Yeah. Loon. yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, um, was it Elon Musk who had Starlink? Which is still running. They just launched uh, fifty more satellites yesterday. Right. Right. Um, and uh, and places you know every phone cellular phone provider uh, has those microcell things that you can buy um, and in in many if if she did not have that they would not have internet right now it's not tremendously fast even at 5g right and it's not it is not cheap yeah. but they have it you know yeah. if the choice is not or pay they pay so uh yeah I think I think and and the thing about it is it's ludicrously easy to set up. You right. take it out of the box, you plug it in, you turn it on, it's on. Then you just you connect to it just like you connect to any uh, wireless browser, a uh, wireless network. Uh network uh, connection. Yep. So um yeah, I think that's going to be the the way it works in the future. And uh, and what was kind of interesting is when the uh, New York State Public Service Commission yelled at Spectrum for not upholding their agreement earlier, and they f- I think they fined him some. I'm looking. I'm trying to to find the article. They fined him a little bit, and and Spectrum says, oh, "Okay, we promise we'll do it this time for for, yeah. for real." Right. right. <laughs> um, and you know, a lot of yeah, because the commission voted to kick Spectrum out of New York State because they weren't right. following up on their plans. Right. Um, and and the easiest thing for them to do would be to partner up with one of these companies that provides um, uh, cellular internet. Well, they have because Spectrum now has cellular. Well, that's what I'm saying. Service that's, themselves, that's, yeah. and that's the easiest thing to do mm-hmm. because yep. if somebody says, "I want your service," 
we'll we'll send you a microcell. We're and done now. What they've done, also, I'm I'm doing a couple of uh, stories here. Uh, yeah, you you can get cellular internet out in the boonies. Um, it's only going to cost you eight thousand dollars in setup fees. Right. Okay. Right. We're offering it. Doesn't right. we don't actually have to provide it, but we're offering it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's yes, yes. I, yeah. I I understand that. I yeah. once did a, a freelance job for somebody and charged them an outrageous price because they didn't want to do it. They paid like that. I thought I underbid. Yep. <laughs> yeah, probably did. But I, that price was so high because I didn't want to do it. And that's why it cost $8,000 for yeah. these things. But, yeah, Walter, I think that, that something along the lines of microcells is going to be the thing people use. The problem that raises is having enough cell towers. Yeah. Because yeah. those do have to be wired and, the, and then you only get – so many people per cell tower, et cetera, and et cetera. It, especially the 5G millimeter wave, which is a super fast one we all want. Uh, you need a cell tower every two or 300 feet. Yeah, because they're line of sight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's very tempting to me because uh, I'll, I'll confess we are still using uh, front view DSL, but we don't have any great demand for it. But the price is ridiculous uh, with Frontier. And right. for $50 a month, and they say that you get 186 uh, megabytes per second, which is a hell of a lot, 10 times more, about more like 12 times faster than what we get with DSL. Right. Uh, it's, it's very tempting. I'm not required, from what I could see, to sign up with any of the T-Mobile cellular plans. Don't need a cell phone because I have a very minimal cell plan through um, well, a very minimal one that, that I'm losing for emergency services only it's sure. very very tempting and then too from what i understand i can almost get uma for free uh after 18 months using their premium plan i get it i get the device for free or i can go out and buy one from a best buy for like i think 79 bucks the lower end one and i'm getting just as much for or better than what frontier offers one of the big things to 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 check on yeah. on the cellular home internet yes. is um, uh, your your data plan because right. like you, like your cell phone most of the home internets will have say say a ten gig a month plan and if you stream you know one movie that's it or you know you, you download one Windows update that's it yeah exactly <laughs> so you have to be careful about how um, how much um, uh, data Usage. you get on your home internet service. Okay, I, yeah, I'm looking at some of the stuff I'll have to explore further, but it seems to me that it's what T-Mobile is offering is unlimited. And it's like, because I'm not using voice, I'm just using their Internet plan. And, uh, yeah, no, I don't need anything more than that. Yeah, I'm looking at, trying to read their fine print and see what it says. Yeah, that's why I've been looking at it, too. I've got their card they mailed, mailed us to, and I don't see anything. Other than they do note that it will be throttled back. There you depending go. upon... Uh, the demand by other callers using their using their towers. Right, so they don't limit you to the number of gigs. They'll limit you to the speed. So if you get if you exceed ten gigs, for example, it will drop you to dial up speed. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. And I will admit that I've gotten more curmudgeonly than I thought I could. <laughs> I was watching a, a show on Freevee, which is uh, Amazon's free service, and I was watching uh, during the day. It was great. And then at night, it, it buffers every, like, eight seconds. 
annoyed the living stuff out of me. <laughs> I just, I, I had to give up. I admit I'm one of those people who doesn't want to wait anymore. Instant gratification isn't fast enough. And the heck with it. I'm old and I don't want to wait. So, uh, you, you know, you you may find uh, you're not the person you thought you were once you started. Right. What's the what's the saying? Don't marry somebody until you see how they react to slow internet. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> and and we get so uh, uh, jaded because both Nick and I have green. You've got green light now too, right? Mm-hmm. At home, yeah. You know, that at work, we have only got three hundred meg spectrum. Right. And it's so slow. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, and that's just it. I'm not used to waiting anymore. So yeah. when freebie uh, buffers, mm-hmm. I know it's the freebie end. I understand yeah. that. But it just, it annoys me. I'll get a bigger server, people. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll have to say that this stuff is tempting because, yes, you have green light, but we can't get it, as I understand, in our area because we have the parkway there, and apparently they're still negotiating or fighting over how to get the fiber optic across yeah, the, the easement. Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the problem is that the people who own the easement have no incentive for helping they're competitors. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, quite frequently, it's a competitor that lives on that corner. Well, the right. thing of it is that the phone company now is stringing fiber. Yes, they mm-hmm. are. Right. And doing their like, own like thing. Like they're the first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, fiber in Rochester. Um, okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, but that's the problem. I've tried to look at it, and it's like, no, it's not available. It won't. We can't get. We can't get the the fiber across the darn. Well, the other big thing that they're going through right now, and you'll see it all over the city, is they changed the, uh, the regulations for the, the poles. And they're going around all over the city and having to put up bigger poles or taller poles so that they can get the phone lines on there, the power lines on there, and the Internet. And 5G, which yeah. is, like you said, Hundreds of feet rather than you yeah. know, yards so of miles. So they've got to have you know these taller poles. So they're going around all over Rochester getting rid of the shorter foam poles and putting up taller ones. Yep. Yep. One thing we've also seen with Frontier and other, other uh, DSL services is they'll run a second wire to your house and bond the two of them together. And so, you know, you can get... Twice as fast, which is still slow for DSL. Right, right, right. But you get faster than than it would for a single line. But there has to be lines available. And and well, actually, now since more people, there used to be a really hard time with uh, phone numbers and phone lines. But that's the phone lines is getting easier as more people have gone to cellular and and uh, and cable. But uh, phone numbers is still tricky. Right. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. I remember when I first got a DSL line. I mm-hmm. thought it was the fastest thing. Yep. I had ever seen it from fifty-seven K. We went to five thousand. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, okay, uh, Walter. Yes, I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah. The only other comment I can make though is that Dave was bringing up about the phone telephone poles. Yeah. We, everything here is underground, so it's like, yep. man, how are they going to be digging around and doing all of that to get us? That's why it's tempting to go cellular for yep. us. Right. 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 That's okay. exactly right. Okay. That's all I need to know. From you, guys. All right, thanks, Walter. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, we used to we used to worry a lot about um, the rural people because there was mm-hmm. no way to get internet to them that wasn't ludicrously expensive. Now with microcells, it conceivably could be cheaper. Yeah. Although it doesn't seem to be yet. Uh, but if you're going to go with something like um, 
uh, a microcell, check your, uh, not the warranty, the, the terms of contract. Terms of contract. Check, check your contract. See if you can get it month by month for a while. Um, might cost you a little more, but if you you know to see whether or not it's something you like, or if yeah, there's a jump if there's into. a cancellation clause where you can say you know I've got three months to cancel this service, no penalty, or you locked into it for a year, right? And I've also um, uh, heard from some of our customers that they complained loud enough about spotty cell service that their carrier gave them a micro cell to plug into their home internet, right? So now they get better cell service at home, right? 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 All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Brian from Gates, New York. What's up, Brian? How much, guys? Good to see you again. Good to see you. Uh, yeah. Nick, you, I know that you are on the opposite side of the center of the city than I am. Right. I watch Free V every night, uh, maybe an hour in one stretch, doing a little binging of Night Court, the classic Night Court. Oddly, that's exactly what I've been watching. And I have no trouble. I never buffer. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Mm. So it's got to be. You live in the wrong place. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a clearly my problem. Hill. Yeah. Well, whatever, whatever it is, it's it's a connection somewhere between Freevee and me that doesn't exist yeah. between Freevee and Vi- uh, Brian. Yes, there's cell towers that they're throwing up on top of the hill there. That's right. Yeah, that could be. Could very well be. And, and <laughs> this is the separate from is- Amazon Video, right? Amazon. Right, yeah. video yeah, shows. No, so this is weird. It's, it's coming in. It's coming in on green light. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, and the other thing was last night I was watching a movie on uh, Netflix, and it was about the uh, the coal, uh, the ironworks in Norwegia, Norwegian, Norway, Norvik, yeah. And uh, in the middle of the movie, there's an intense artillery barrage, and one goes off right next to the heroine and her child with a big bang and a flash and all like that. And in exactly the same second, I mean, well, you couldn't time this, is when the thunderstorm hit. <laughs> yeah, that's still... From the TV, I had lights outside. And I was, <laughs> Holy gee, talk about realism. You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the snow thunder. Three, 3D TV. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have timed it any better. That's hysterical. So all kinds of wild things can happen on TV these days. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's the truth. All right, thanks, Brian. Have a good time there, guys. You Bye. too. Bye-bye. Yeah, all right, so clearly there's a there's an issue somewhere between the uh, system and me. Somebody's Again, got- I know it's not, it's not green light because... When it starts to buffer, I go and check my internet connection, download a big file, and it comes down just fine without a problem. So I know it's not it's not that. Something needs to be rebooted somewhere. Something somewhere. Um, some sort of uh, relay center between me and Freebie as opposed to between where Brian is and Freebie. All right. All right. Back to the phones. Our next caller is Dave. From Rush, New York. Hi, Dave. What's up? Uh, yeah. Hey, I was calling you guys. Um, I'm having a problem with my outgoing mail server. Um, <clears throat> a few weeks ago, I I uh, got rid of uh, Spectrum and I changed over to uh, Frontier Fiber. Mm-hmm. And after that, I um, 
I, we kept our same email, email addresses, me and my wife, um, with the register.r.com. Um, you know, everything was working fine and everything. I, I can receive email. My wife can receive emails, and she can send. When I sit there and I go to uh, send an email, it's not recognizing the uh, sender's address. The sender's address? Correct. Is this every email? Yes. Hmm. Now, when I canceled my Spectrum service, they instantly canceled my email service. Yeah. So I'm very surprised you kept your your rr.com email address after canceling Spectrum. Yeah. And I still still had Spectrum TV. I just canceled Internet at the time. Right. And, And they killed my email. Interesting. They, um, you know, they promise, yeah, that we can keep our same email address the whole bit. And, um, you know, and like I said, it, you know, on, on my desktop, I, I mean, in the, you know, the two account emails. And my wife has no problem um, sending and receiving. And I have no problem, you know, receiving. But when I, when I do go to send, it's rejecting. You know the sender. What um, what um, what address are you using for the sending server? Hang on, let me get in there. Um, it is a. I love this. It's a TMW um, address. That's why uh, when I go into uh, you know the accounts pr- properties and uh, advance um, into the servers themselves. Uh, incoming, uh, mail, POP, that's a, you know, mail.twt.com, outgoing mail, SMTP, that's a, uh, mail.twc.com also. Um, so that kind, well, in my mind, you're trying to use the, the, the Spectrum mail server. You're not a Spectrum customer, so they're rejecting your mail. Correct. Yes. Is it, is it those folks who use Yahoo? No, Frontier uses Yahoo. Oh, yeah, okay. Now, see, so you could it, try changing the sending address to be the Frontier mail server, which is Yahoo. Although the Frontier Fiber might use a different server. I'm not sure. All right, stay on the line. we got to take a quick break. Okay. Stay on the line. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, with Steve Ray, with me, Nick Francesco, from Dave from, with Dave from Rush. And with you, it is 29 minutes after the hour. You are listening to the longest-running computer show in the known universe. That would be Sound Bites, right here on the truly great and truly grateful to you that, with your help, we are member-supported Jazz 90.1. See you shortly. Computer talk you can understand. More Sound Bites is next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. What? <laughs> I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And uh, at 34 minutes after the hour, we are Soundbite. And we still have Dave on the line. And we still have... Yeah, we do. So, Dave, you are you are physically connected to Frontier's internet service now, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, try changing the sending server address to smtp.frontier.com on port 465 uh, and uh, uh, SSL on and authentication is password. 
Okay, hang on and, a second. So and the out, that, out, yeah, outgoing, outgoing server is Because typically you would want your outgoing server to be the Internet service you are connected to, and you're using their mail server. Also, check your wife's system and see how it's set. Maybe it already is. Set I still that. think my opinion is is ten to one odds the account was originally set up in your name. Correct. Yeah. All right. So you canceling it? They probably shut your email off, but didn't get around to ever shutting hers down. That's and, that's, and since you're not a customer anymore. Uh, the, the 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 Time Warner server TWC is still Time Warner. Um, uh, never, uh, you're not a customer, so it rejects you um, uh, sending mail through them because that's most mail servers will only accept mail from their own customers as a way to combat spam. Right. So if you switch it's, to sending through the Frontier server, and she it should have slipped through. And she's still connected. With yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was that again, guys? I'm sorry, the outgoing mail. What do you type in? SMTP, Simple S- Mail Transfer um, Yep. Uh, dot .frontier.com. Dot .frontier.com. And it's on port 465. What what mail program are you using? Uh, Windows Live. I don't know that one offhand. There should be a username um, and password field. Yeah. Which is your Frontier email address and your Frontier password. Yeah. And then it says remember password or whatever. Then it gives yep. you three things down below. It says logging in using clear text authentication. That's one that's checked. Yep. Authentication should be set to password. Okay, yeah. Well, or log yes. On to, yeah. Uh, log, log on to using secure password authentication. That is not highlighted. That should be set to yes or checked yes. Okay. And then the the next one down says log on using authentic uh, PLP. APLP. No, you're not using POP. Okay. But change that. There's one setting that says log on to using secure password authentication. That's what I want. Yes. Okay. That was that was checked at the very clear text authentication. But, right. Because you, um, yeah, so it encrypts that, your that password. Yeah, and that would reject you. Right. Mm-hmm. Encrypts your password before it sends it to the other end so that someone sniffing the, the wire doesn't, uh, doesn't get your password. Correct. So in the outgoing mail, I want to, the SMTP, I want Frontier dot. SMTP dot Frontier dot com. Dot com, okay. I will give that a shout. Okay, let us know. Uh, hey, I I will. I appreciate you guys. Yep. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Then yep. I posted Bye. a link on, uh, on our page uh, to Frontier's website. Nice. Uh, the other thing that uh, I have to mention here is that we usually recommend that no matter what you're using for your internet service provider, you get a third-party email address. Right. And uh, one that will not change no matter who your provider is. So whether that's Gmail or Yahoo or Apple or I don't care. The point is, if you have an email address through one of those parties, then... Um, when you change your internet service provider, which, listen, we live in the real world. It's going to happen whether you like it or not at some point. Um, you'll be, you'll have fewer problems with, um, uh, the sort of problems that these folks have been having. Yeah, it's harder to change your email address than it is to change your postal address. Yeah. So at least the post office has a form and will forward your mail for you. Right. 
changing your email address, you have to tell all of your friends, here's my new address. And they'll never take it out of their address book. They'll just right. reply to the last message. So, so you'll constantly get um, uh, email being sent to the old address. And then they'll yell at you, why didn't you answer my message? I never got it. You right. sent it to the wrong address. Right. And if you have the opportunity, if you are going to change your email address and they give you the opportunity to keep the old one, the first thing you should do is set it to forward all of your email to the new address. Yep. Um, whether you keep the old one or not, have it forward all your email uh, before you end it, right? All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Ron from Rochester, New York. What's up, Ron? Hey, guys. Hi. Hello. What's up? Hey, I'm, this is Dave still. Oh, oh hi, Dave. Hey, uh, um, with the email problem. Question. Yeah, the email. The, the, one of the main things that I did want to tell you guys is that, you know, my wife is a realtor, and there is, you know, we she did not want to change her email address considering, you know, with all her business and cards, and that's why, and that's one of the things that Frontier did tell us. It's like, yeah, no, you, you know, you're good on your original email. Well, Front, Frontier lets you keep your email address, but I didn't think Spectrum did. Right. No, we we got rid of Spectrum. Right, we, yeah. we went to Frontier Net, but she's still using yeah. her Spectrum address with Frontier. Correct. Yep. Well, good for her, but I don't know that Expe- that's going to last forever. Yeah, she 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 should get her well as, as a realtor. She should get her own domain name and and right. address and start switching over to that. Correct. No, I know. What I'm going to let her know on that. But all right, guys. Hey, I'll try this. And uh, hey, thank you for your help. Thanks. Yep, you're thanks, Dave. Take care now. Bye bye. Yep. All right, we'll uh, we'll try this again. Push that button. Dave is uh, and then push the other buttons. Dave is is currently um, attaching uh, jumper cables to the bolts in his neck. We'll see what happens this time. Uh, do we actually have Ron from Rochester, New York? Now we have Ron from Rush, New York. Ron, Ron from Rush, New York. Okay, <laughs> what's up, Ron? Uh, I'm a fairly new listener, so I don't know if you cover Mac much at all that's why we have uh steve here okay well i've been a mac user since the 90s and i've never had any real security issues but my wife uh is a little nervous about it with all the recent uh, things going on and i'm just wondering if if there's any specific uh security software or uh things i can do that would calm her nerves and uh protect us if if there is much (laughs) liability there Yep. Yeah, pr- pretty much the programs we've already mentioned today. Uh, Malwarebytes is uh, is a very good anti-malware program. Uh, the free version you run yourself um, periodically. The pay version runs automatically. Um, the Mac has a built-in antivirus uh, tool um, that that you can you can use, kind of like Microsoft's Defender, which is built into Windows. Uh, or you can run a third-party program like Avast or uh, AVG are uh, are really good um, uh, free programs. Um, we, we we often say don't run the big programs like McAfee and Norton because the virus writers know about the big programs and they won't release a virus until it gets past them. Right. The uh, other thing, the thing you might want to do is head on over to securitytango.com. Is that linked on the new homepage? Uh, it might not be linked uh, directly. I'll, I'll, I'll fix that. Uh, but it's securitytango.com. Um, there are a number of choices. Um, um, one is uh, one of the menu items is Let's Dance. 
and that lists um, uh, every operating system. So you select the Mac Arena. <laughs> Get it? The Mac Arena. Never mind. That was the a really that was a really popular meme when uh, when he wrote that. When I, when I wrote yeah. that twenty years ago, um, and so what you do is you go to the the Macarena page and you Probably can see a bunch of uh, of of uh, programs that you can load uh, on a Mac that will uh, protect it uh, from viruses and malware and all that other stuff. All right. Thanks. But it, and it's that. a lot of it is the same same advice is don't click on links in email, uh, don't trust any message that pops up and says you need to install this or that you have a virus and call this phone number even if it claims to be from Apple it's it's not and and it's lying to you. Sure, I squash those all the time. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right, can I ask one other question? Sure. Yeah. Um. I'm. Uh, not on the Greenlight Network out here, but I hear that Frontier is, and I'm just wondering if um, I have Spectrum now, and and uh, I use Internet quite frequently for my business, and just wondering how reliable you think that uh, Frontier uh, Fiber is. So far from what I have heard, they're very reliable. Uh, I, I, you're right. I don't have it either, so I don't. I don't honestly. I can't. I can't give you my personal experience. Can't speak yeah. to it. But, but anecdotal evidence is that it's very. Um, it's it's very good. And they have a check availability page on their website to see if they even offer it in your area. Right. Sure. And I will say that in general, um, uh, if you're a home user, that's your decision. But a business, uh, it really should be. On as fast as they can get, generally speaking, I get that. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, take a take a close look at it. And again, um, look at the contract. You know, if they have a, a three month trial or that sort of fare, then uh, give that a look. Sure. All right. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks. I, I will right. say that in terms of uh, you, yeah yeah in terms of all of the providers in town, they have so far seemed quite reliable. Uh, again, we don't. Uh, I, I only have green light, so I, I can't speak from experience of the others lately. But I have, in the course of my life, had all three of them. Mm-hmm. And except for the obvious, you know, a truck ran into a pole or there was an ice storm and a pole came down kind of thing, they have all been incredibly reliable. So I, I wouldn't worry about the, the, Service availability, and I say Greenlight has now a five gig plan. Yes, yeah, that's probably for apartment buildings, but I wouldn't mind it myself. I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind five gig. Two hundred a month is a little high, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't say I'd pay for it. I said I wouldn't mind. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's for apartment buildings and whatnot. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, for me, a gig is is really more than adequate. Um, so I'm, I'm, I don't have a problem with that. So. Uh, but yeah, you can get you can get up to five gig now on on all kinds of things. Uh, Frontier offers it, I know, and 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 Greenlight offers it. And again, if you're a large, uh, if you're a, co- a company or an apartment building or that sort of fare, then yeah, five gig is is uh, is not a lot of money for a business. Mm-mm. You know, it really, it's no, not. It's- Especially if you got to keep that company up and going with right. all the other mm-hmm. uh, associates on that your network, right? And make it sh- uh, so they can be very productive too. 
In so, a home, you don't need that much, obviously. But in a business, absolutely you might. Yeah. Sometimes, um, uh, as I mentioned, we've got 300 meg spectrum in our office. Right. Sometimes Tyler's in the other room downloading an iPhone update that's right. 10 gigs. And I'm, I'm in, in, in my area downloading a Mac update that's 10 gigs. And we're both complaining about how slow the Internet is. Yep, yep. And then Jackie's in her office and saying, why can't I get to my website? Sorry, we're, we're downloading large files. Right. We're working. You know, that's why a business needs mm-hmm. those those higher yep. speeds. And it doesn't, well, we save our downloads so we can use them again. Right. But then in, in a week, there's a new version, and we have right. to download the new version. So there's right. always something new to download. Right. <laughs> so what you need to do is is have somebody go into the office at 2 in the morning yeah. and download today's updates. Yeah. Assuming they're available at 2 in the morning. We should be able to write some sort of script to watch the download service and see when a new version you pops bet. up and... You would think they would offer that to you <coughs> to automatically you know, an RSS yeah. feed. Yeah. You sign up for it. Just sign up for that service. Yep. Yeah. That uh, if you get an update, yeah, download it and put it here. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I would. I would. Uh, you know, there. Are, I wouldn't personally, but if I were you, I would pay for that service. Yeah. It would be well worth it. I mean, Dell and that will, you know, uh, if you sign up for their service, let you know when they have updates to the video drivers. It lets you know when it's available, but I want it to automatically download it to my server. Well, if if the offer is an RSS feed with Mm -hmm. the link in there. We could turn an MDM on and then it would do it. The MDM server would look and then push it to each of the computers. But it's our customers' devices. We don't want to put the MDM on. Right, 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 right. Um, but if you had it, if you if you could download it, so when they come in, you could say, "Yeah, I got it right yep. here in a thumb drive or whatever, or whatever." Uh, Espe- yeah. yeah, especially when one of one of the first troubleshooting steps on on phone problems is uh, um, erase it and install a clean OS. Right. right. <laughs> okay. Well, that's about half an hour well, to download the. <laughs> let's start with the nuclear option. Yeah, it's yeah. probably the yeah. That's the way to do it. <laughs> do it like that. But you know what? Often enough, often enough. That solves the problem. What one of the things we've talked about over the years is you don't you don't have enough backups. But the other problem is what are you backing up? Yeah. And if you're backing up a virus, mm-hmm. that's probably not a good idea. Programs don't need to be backed up. Well, but if you've got a, if you've downloaded a file that has a virus in it, a Word document or yeah. something along that line, and you haven't cleaned it, yeah, then you're in trouble. Then you're in trouble. And at some point, particularly if a rootkit gets into your system, the only way to get rid of it is to reformat your drive. Yep. And sometimes that doesn't yeah. work. But that's that's really the way to do it. And so, um, yes, I do understand that every once in a while the answer truly is the nuclear option. Nuke it for more, but it's the only way to be sure. So I get that. And I get that, that a lot of people don't have um, – a, 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 a fast connection. They mm-hmm. don't have the knowledge to do that themselves. That's why they bring it into people like Steve or Dave and, yep. and, and give them uh, uh, money to do it for them. But uh, is it the, a third party incompatibility? Is it a hardware problem? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. A lot of factors right. that, in, that yeah. are involved in it. And, and it's also frustrating when someone calls on the phone and says, uh, what's wrong and how much is it going to cost to fix? Yeah. I don't know, and I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. We we won't know till we look at it, and right. our diagnostic rate is, you know, <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, there's so many things that could be, 
that um, that it's impossible to to diagnose anything over the phone. And I always hated it when folks say, "Well, it shouldn't take you that long." Yeah. Well, then good. If it's not going to take that long, right. then you should be able to fix it. it. You're right. It shouldn't take that long. That doesn't mean it won't. <laughs> because yeah. sometimes one problem leads to another. Yep. You know, we've 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 seen that. Where just trying to first find that problem, right? Where it's coming from, right? We try this and it didn't solve it. Now what? Yeah. We can either say, well, it took me 10 minutes and it didn't fix your problem. That's $100. Yep. Or we can say, well, now we got to dig and that's going to be more. Mm-hmm. Because until we actually know, we're only guessing. Yeah. We may call it theorizing or extrapolating from knowledge, but basically we're guessing. I read that. Uh, a story like that from a from an auto mechanic once. You know, someone's having a problem with the engine. And um, well, can't you just replace the engine? Sure, twenty thousand dollars. I'll get you a new engine. Right. Or you pay the hundred dollar diagnostic fee. We'll figure out what's wrong, and it might only be a few hundred dollars. Right. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, I I had that on an old car, um, my father's car. Um, we can repair the transmission. Yep. And it will cost this. Or we can just replace the transmission, and it will cost half this. Okay. <laughs> There's a no-brainer right there. Yeah. We have so many people that, that are so emotionally attached to their computers that they'll yep. spend stupid money fixing it than replacing it. Yeah. And st- yeah. But I, yeah, I can I kind of understand. You know, it's, that's the first computer I bought. Okay, well, put it on the shelf with a little frame around it and buy a new one. <laughs> and then they expect you to, uh, you know, especially with these software updates and everything else, and you you bring it in to clean it up in that forum, and they expect it to run faster, like the day they bought it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's not the way it works, folks. Quite often. With system updates like Windows or Mac and the other software, they demand more resources. So, yeah, that program that maybe you got three programs that you're running when you first got it. And it worked really fast. And over a couple of years, you know, they did some upgrades and everything else. Well, it's also taking more resources from that same computer that say has, uh, you know, so much memory in it. And it wants a little bit more, and it's slowing things down. Right. It's like the question we got at the beginning. You know, can I put Windows 11 on an old machine? Well, if it's an i3 processor with 4 gig of RAM, yes, you can put it on. No, it will not be a good experience. Nope. It's that simple. It will simply not be. There's no magic here. Microsoft assumes you're running a very fast computer with a lot of RAM, and, because they are. And yeah. SSDs are, are pretty much assumed now, too. Right. Yeah. And if you have an old machine with a, with with a, spinning, a spinning hard drive, yeah. you, you're done. Uh, that's one of the things uh, That's one of the things that we, you know, that's why Dave suggested uh, ex-Ubuntu. Uh, Ubuntu runs really well on old machines and runs like blazes mm-hmm. on a new machine. Yeah. So if you're looking for something that runs really well on an old machine, it's not going to be Windows. Mm-mm. It really is not going to be Windows. Um, we had a customer a couple of months ago brought in a 2007 Mac because uh, he wanted to play with Linux. So he wanted us to to erase it uh, and put a clean Mac OS on it. And, and I'm thinking, 
sure, but if you're just going to put Linux on it, why are you having us do this? Maybe you want to dual boot? I guess. I mean, some folks, you know, just so they can have that uh, cushion to fall back on. Yeah. You know, and why not? You know, if you're going to play around with it, you know, what the heck do you got to lose if he's cleaning it off? And throws the uh, you know the Mac system on there, and then dual boots. He can play in both worlds, yeah, right, and have right. fun at it. And if it mucks up, oh well, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Right. Exactly. Well, now we're running into an interesting. The transition into Apple Silicon was uh, you know we're in our third year now, um, and so Intel Macs are all out of date. Right. And uh, and so Apple has this trade-in program where you can trade in your old Mac, and and it's it's painful when you look up your you know five-year-old Mac and it's worth a hundred bucks. Yep. How? Uh, yep. Although- I did that on this Mac, yeah, two thousand dollar retail model because it's the Super Pro. Um, I looked I looked it up and it's it's worth nine hundred now. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you, you drive your car. And that's more than I would have thought it would be worth yeah. at this point. You drive your car off the lot and it loses half its value. Yep, exactly right. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. one of the things that, you know, when, when I came to Cider and talked about putting yeah. a Chrome OS Flex or yep. Linux. You yeah. know, I have I have a couple of, old, like I said, I used to take in uh, laptops to, to move to immigrant families. Well, uh, we don't have any, uh, I, I'm, I'm a little out of that loop at the moment. Um, but I, so I've got a, I had, but I had. Macs that I was giving to people, and I would put Linux on it because they were too old to update to any form of of Mac OS. But you know they're excellent hardware, yep. and Linux runs on them just fine. Thank you very much. Um, so uh, you know you you can you can resurrect old hardware, but it's going to be a new operating system. Yep. And is it going to be a new operating system? Not really. It's still windowing environment. It's still a mouse. It's still a word processor. It's still a spreadsheet. It's just a little bit different. There's a, um, a New Zealand-based comedy troupe called Viva La Dirt League. <laughs> they do a lot of um, uh, uh, parodies of first-person shooter games, but they also have a, a series uh, in the computer store. And there was this one episode where this guy walks in and he, I want the best gaming computer I can get, the best graphics card, the best monitor, uh, and I want it to be an Apple. Gaming computer. <laughs> N- no, they don't really do games. Casual games, sure, but not really first right. person gamers. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> you want Alienware. Yes. That's what you want. <laughs> All right. Uh, that, uh, that particular music tells us that we are done for another week. I want to thank everybody who called in. I want to thank everybody uh, who who uh, went with us in the chat. I may have to change the font size in the chat uh, for here. But uh, I want to thank Dave Enright, Steve Ray. I'm Nick Francesco. Uh, you're listening to the longest running computer show in the known universe. We are Sound Bites, And at 58 minutes after the hour... Uh, we are on the uh, truly great and truly grateful to you that we are member-supported Jazz 90.1. We will see you in just 166 hours. Be good to one another, will you?